0: Hi, everyone. As we start a new six-part series on Anytime, Anywhere Payments with the Leaders in Payments podcast, this episode focuses on text-to-pay, or as it has been coined, conversational commerce. We explore its history, use cases, the future of conversational commerce, and more. So let's start the podcast now.
1: special series of the Leaders in Payments podcast, titled Be Solid, is brought to you in collaboration with NMI, the fully integrated payment solution built to scale. In this six-part series, we'll explore the ability to accept payments anytime, anywhere, using any device. We'll dive deep into mobile acceptance via contactless, tap on phone, QR codes, and digital wallets. Merchants and their customers have expectations around omnichannel commerce, and we'll explore how we got here and what is coming in the future. As we know, COVID accelerated both mobile and omnichannel commerce, but now what? In a world full of squares and stripes, be solid.
2: But I do believe that all the workflow that you've seen over the last 20 years has happened over the internet, whether it's collecting data, whether it's documents, whether it's scheduling, whether it's two-way chats, whether it's finding ways to collect other data or do payments or do signatures and push money. All those things are coming, and we've built that out today. It's just in the phase of now being adopted so that both merchants and consumers have a much more efficient and streamlined way to do business together.
0: That was Chris Bruner, the CEO of Authvia, and he is my special guest on this episode, episode 267 of the Leaders in Payments podcast, and I'm your host, Greg Myers. As we continue our deep dive into the Be Solid campaign brought to you by NMI, Chris and I discuss text-to-pay as part of our six-part series on Anytime, Anywhere Payments. Chris and I talk about the history of text-to-pay, common use cases, and the future of text-to-pay, including how Authvia and their conversational commerce solution will capitalize on these trends. We've got a great episode ahead, so let's get started. Hi, Chris, and welcome to this episode of the Leaders in Payments podcast, where we're going to be talking about anytime, anywhere payments, and specifically, text-to-pay, which of course is a great example. So, we'll be diving into that topic today. So, welcome to the show.
2: Greg, thank you for having me today.
0: Absolutely. So, if you don't mind, tell our audience a little bit about yourself, maybe a little personal and professional background information.
2: Absolutely. I am a father of two teenage daughters. I am married for 25 years. And I uh, have uh, been in the startup now for almost coming up on 10 years now. Not sure it's a startup
0: anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Could be, could be. Well, let's talk about it then. Tell us about Authvia and tell the audience what Authvia does.
2: So Authvia is what we believe to be kind of the operating system or the platform of the future of conversational commerce. So what I mean by that is that it's a platform that's built and designed to leverage messaging, SMS and chat channels which we think are kind of the future of of conversation, at least between businesses and consumers, and to be able to enable any business of any size to engage and transact, and I'll get into that in a bit, with consumers over those messaging lines.
0: Okay. And I recently learned that you all secured a second patent in conversational commerce. So can you you talk about what that means to the future of text-to-pay?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I think the there were three things that when I first started this business, I realized we had to have. And this goes back to about 2010 when I came out of kind of the wireless space. I'd been in Qualcomm, I'd been in Univision, all around mobile data, mobile data services, really sitting at the intersection between consumers and technology, and realized that messaging was going to play a big role in the future of commerce, right? Much like you saw in 2000, you saw e commerce emerge. And that came after the web was launched, right? Then commerce came and you saw companies like PayPal and Braintree really kick off and, and become billion-dollar companies. Ten years later, 2010, 2013, the same thing happened in m commerce right? So you had all these apps out there and then suddenly commerce became a big part of the mobile app ecosystem and companies like Stripe and others emerged. And you have other players that really helped to refine commerce in a big way like Amazon or like Shopify um, that brought other features, other functionality, other workflow to the space. And really, we we look at the e-commerce space, the m-commerce space, and now we're looking at c-commerce. And so when we started to launch this platform years ago, I realized there was three things. There was going to be some fast followers, and we had to do three things very well. And that one was we had to build the best, deepest, richest platform out there that enabled any business to be able to engage, transact, do a whole lot of those workflow-type operations, but do it all over messaging and chat. And so we've done that. We've built a world-class platform, and that's just the It's a testament to the relationships that we've secured via partnerships with the payments and the messaging guys. They've looked at our platform and they've understood how deep and rich it is and how it checks all their boxes. And so we had to build that. We had to secure all the on-ramps to what I think was this new conversational commerce world. Uh, And those on-ramps were going to be, when I'm an SMB, when I'm an enterprise, when I'm a mid-market company, and I'm looking for new and innovative, innovative ways to engage and transact and take payments and signatures, I'm going to go to either my payments partner or I'm going to go to my messaging partner. And so I thought for us, being a white-label b to c platform, we had to secure and anchor those relationships to make sure as, as that wave came about, we were first and foremost, really had that pole position in working with all these entities going forward. And we've done that. We've secured probably 80% of the relationships on payments and messaging today. And then lastly, and arguably not the least important, was to get patents. And patents are critical, as we all know, In emerging spaces and emerging technology, not so much to be offensive with them, but to be defensive, to ensure that if you IPO, if you uh, are acquired, that you are giving all of your partners, the companies that partner with you, the security in knowing that what you're doing, you've got patents around that. And so that was a a critical component about about what we set out to do. And I think it speaks to our our leadership and our innovation in space. I think part of being early to the space was our ability to kind of get a lay of the land understand from the big stakeholders out there what was important today and what was going to be important in the future and start to architect our platform in such a way and and to file the appropriate ip to ensure that we had the safeguards in place as we grew
0: okay well let's let's dive into text to pay at a, a broader level and obviously you've been on you know involved since the beginning so can you give us just a quick history of text to pay
2: Absolutely. So the term text-to-pay or pay-by-text kind of got bastardized in 2007, 2008, 2009. So if you were in the wireless space, there was an emerging business that was companies called text-to-pay at the time, or people called text-to-pay. It was called also, also called premium SMS. And that was your ability to put any digital goods or services on your wireless carrier or phone bill. So you might get a message that says, hey, you know, you want to bill your New York, New York Times to your Verizon bill for $9.99 a month? Reply yes or okay. And at the end of the month, you'd get your Verizon bill and then there'd be a $9.99 charge from New York Times. Also, in that same you know, mix of things were ringtones and wallpaper and horoscopes and games and anything under the sun. And so what would happen is, and that, this became a very, very big business. In fact, one of my buddies had a business they were doing about $15 million a month in MRR and then, come January of, I think it was, I forget the year, right after around 2010 or so, the entire industry was shut down, um, and it was shut down because so many people were having their kids go on and sign up for these recurring charges that you know mom or dad wouldn't notice for six or seven months, and then they'd call into Verizon, and uh, there'd be a, a long drawn out battle over who was going to pay for it, and then ultimately the carriers had to give the money back, and and uh, so it just became a big messy. Hornet's Nest. And so it did a lot of damage to the thought or the concept around text-to-pay or pay-by-text. And so I think as we started to launch this, it's a very different play than what they were doing back then. So today we work with all the traditional credit card, debit card, ACH Rails, we work with Chase, with US Bank, with Pfizer, with FIS, all the major processors. All the major messaging companies, but we had to go through and get certified. We had to go through and ensure that these transactional rails ran just like e-commerce channels. So very different from what was taking place in 07 to, to two thousand and ten. But it was the it was the name that we had to deal with, right? We couldn't come up with a different name because it really was still pay by text or text to pay. But we had to change the way the industry viewed it. And the industry, in this case, was the wireless industry and, and the governing bodies on that side. So it's taken us years to get them comfortable with the under, with the fact that. We have built and designed a platform that is the most compliant and the most secure platform in market today. Not everybody does it the way we do it, but we have built it this way for the reasons being that we wanted to ensure the wireless industry that everything was being done within their code of conduct, within the way that they thought the world should happen around commerce. Uh, And then we've added to it and we've layered things on, but we've kept security and compliance at the top of it. And it's been a long, much longer route than people think about when you think about text to pay, but probably I'd say oh six zero seven it started. I think today we're coming to a whole new world around what text to pay and or conversational commerce means, but that's that's a brief history on text to pay
0: okay, and what are some common use cases that you see today?
2: So for us, we're a horizontal platform, right? So we go to market through the primary. From the largest payments companies, and we go to market through the largest messaging companies, and so we don't necessarily select the types of merchants, enterprise or SMBs that work with us. However, we do have a suite of solutions that work for almost every merchant. So, you if you're thinking, if you're a company and you're trying to take payments over the phone, right? So that's one use case that is critical, right? So, if I'm taking your credit card information or banking information over the phone, you're probably in in some form of PCI. You probably have some form of PCI compliance issues, right? So. Today, they'll kick you to an IVR, which is a pretty bad experience. They'll send you a link to a website that you have to log in to make a payment, which can be a rough experience as well. Both of those have pretty high drop-offs, 40 50 60%. Or they'll take your card right over the phone, like your local flower shop or your you know, coffee shop. So that's one area that we work with a lot of companies. And almost any company that's out there today has that use case. Another one would be slow payers or late payers, right? So oftentimes, it isn't that consumers don't want to pay you. It's that you've made it so hard for them to pay you. They either have to go old school and write a check. They have to spend two hours on a Saturday logging into their bank or logging into your website to make a payment. You have to remember to do that, or you're sending them through through some IVR or some other system to make a payment. Whereas in our world, you know you'll simply just get a text from a merchant that you owe money to and you'll simply reply with a four- digit code that we give you to authorize the transaction or a payment. That's the second one. Other ones are, you know, line busting. You know, you can work with pharmacies to make sure that, you know, you can, maybe a vet's a good example, right? So you, you, you've got an appointment today at three o'clock to drop Fluffy off with the vet. You confirm the appointment over text. You then get a text that says, Hey, you know, we need a copay of $35. We need you to, um, check a box to tell us that Fluffy's had, you know, and sign to make sure we know that she's had her vaccine. And then please give us some descriptive things around what's wrong with her today. You know, she's got digestive issues and she hasn't eaten for two days. And all of that data gets collected and pushed back into the veterinary front office. And then you get a text that says, hey, the doctor's ready to see you, bring her in. So the the ability to understand kind of those whole, that whole workflow and how it removes all of that upfront back and forth with paperwork and waiting in an office and all that type of stuff, it enables you to kind of simply just Make an appointment, go right in and see the doctor, and leave. All that's taken care of now over
0: these new channels. Okay, and can you speak a little bit to how the actual process works? Like we all have phones, right? So we understand text, but do do you have to sign up with Auth via as a consumer, or how does that whole workflow work?
2: Yeah, so we are a white label solution. We go to market through the the enterprise, the ISVs, the software providers, or the the merchants themselves. So the consumer is going to see a text that comes from a business that they're doing business with, right? So pick a national retailer or something that says, hey, your prescription's ready. to be picked up. It's going to be $35. You're going to go ahead and, and reply. Because that message is coming to you from a brand you know and trust already, we don't have issues with kind of unknown merchants or unknown businesses trying to solicit funds or anything. Furthermore, if you've ever done a transaction with that business, an electronic transaction, meaning you've given them a credit card at any point in time, we dip into the payment processor's vault. We take that credit card that you have on file. We match it with a mobile number we've got on file. And then we allow you to authorize or attest that transaction with the four-digit PIN that we send to you. If you don't, our system is smart enough to know that you've never made a payment there or you've never made a payment through Authvia, through our wallet. We'll send you a short little bit.ly link that's branded from that national merchant. And it'll say, please go ahead and enter your card information. We'll save that. We'll then pass that credit card information back to the merchant or the payment processor via a token. And that in your transaction will run just like it would in an e-commerce transaction. So our system will either use a card you've already got on file or we'll get a new card from you and put that on file. But uh, again, it's always coming to you from merchant you know and trust.
0: Gotcha. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So I think you mentioned it, has started around 2014, so almost 10 years ago. What changes have you seen in this space in the last, say, 10 years?
2: You know it's one of those things where you see something as an entrepreneur you see something that seems so self-evident to you as you dive in and you get much closer to for me I came from the wireless side and really didn't know the payment side but as you dive in you start to you know you look back now and you realize all the things that had to happen that I don't think we were aware of in the early days right we thought well messaging is pervasive consumers know how to use it merchants are starting to use it which was true. Consumers knew how to use it, but merchants really weren't using it in 2016, 2017. It wasn't until about 2019 that you started to get text messages from American Airlines and from Citibank and from Uber and from Amazon and from Marriott. You know, your room is ready, all these type of one way notifications. So that had to take place, right? So merchant to consumer really had to pick up speed and had to become really adopted highly. And that that really was largely driven by the NorCal companies like an Amazon, Uber, and stuff like that. But the other companies uh, picked up on that pretty quickly. But That was really important. That was a critical piece that I think we might have thought was already there, but it wasn't. The secondary piece, and equally as important, was when you think about what took place with Apple and their Apple Pay. At the time, I don't think I Understood the relevance of it, but looking back now, it was it was incredible what it's done for the consumer and for merchants, for people to, and businesses to understand that having a card on file in the cloud or on a device didn't matter, didn't matter. The idea of this cloud-based wallet, right? So Apple Wallet, Google Wallet, Samsung Wallet, PayPal, all of these companies out there consistently messaging with businesses and with consumers that it was okay, it was safe, it was secure. That had to take place before. An opportunity like ours could really truly emerge, and then lastly, I mean, there's there's a host of other things: speeds of network, speeds of devices, encryption, all of the security is taking place both on the wireless side and the payment side. But lastly, probably the third item that happened that again probably missed it at the time is COVID. When COVID first hit, you know, as a young company, we were really nervous about it, and I think within 30 to 45 days, that nervousness turned to excitement. Not for COVID. Obviously, that was a terrible experience globally. But as a young company, we went from something that was a, we think we'd like to have this, we would kind of like to have it to a must have. You know, we went from number 20 on their integration list to maybe number two or three. And that was because the idea of swiping and tapping and dipping and standing in line and you know doing all the things that we were doing pre-COVID, they didn't think were things we wanted to be doing during and post-COVID. And that has held true now, even coming out of COVID. We have seen merchants and consumers just readily adopt and insist that there's multiple ways to pay and give consumers the options to kind of be six inches, six
0: feet, or 600 miles. Right, which plays into the theme of our series that we're talking about of Anytime, Anywhere Payments. I think most people that we talk to during this series, they're going to mention COVID as kind of an accelerator because I think it really did accelerate. Just, you know, businesses drove it, but consumers adopted it, right, of of being able to take payments outside of your traditional swipe and dip and all those things.
2: There's no doubt. I mean, I look back and I think, absent COVID, I don't think... I think consumers have always been. I think consumers, in the sense that they're they're, if you don't have to retrain consumer behavior, and with text to pay, and with chat to pay, you don't have to retrain consumers. Right? You're just saying, hey, do you want to pay with these ending a one two three four? And they say, yep. Right? It's a very simple, intuitive way for a consumer to now. There might be, do I trust this or not? But you're not changing the way they behave. Changing the merchant side of this was really hard because it's a workflow issue. Right. If I'm having somebody at that front desk that's used, used to getting a payment, used to getting a signature, used to filling out documentations and collecting data, and that all goes away, suddenly I have to figure out, well, how does this all work now? And so absent COVID, I don't think the business side of this would have adapted. I think it would have taken another five years before we started really see adoption take off.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's some good insights. Well, you mentioned earlier about the idea of PCI compliance, so I want to dive a little deeper into that. So it's a big value prop, obviously, for your business. So can you kind of speak to that, and give us the, the details of what, what you mean by that?
2: Yeah, I think just in layman's terms, right, the, and, and the easiest way to think about the implications of PCI generally would be like a call center, right? I mean, so if I call in and I'm giving you my credit card information or I'm giving you my banking information over the phone, and this again became a big issue during COVID. Call centers, everybody got sent home. I'm calling in to, you know, have you know new carpet installed and it's gonna be three thousand dollars. And I'm talking to the lady at the call center, and I have to give her my credit card or my debit card information over the phone. And you know, her cousin Louie's sitting on the couch next to her writing everything down that she's writing down. And then takes that card information because they've now got my full 16 digits, they've got my zip code, they've got my four-digit pin, and they go out and they fraudulently charge that and they might you know use that online somewhere or might however they do that, go ahead and, and run fraudulent charges. That's a big issue, and it's not it's not legal to do that. And a lot of companies are being cracked down on on doing that. And so I think again, COVID was a catalyst where in a call center you could kind of control to a degree what was going on, even though a lot of that was still happening in call centers. They really became aware of it and became very prevalent during that period. And So I think any time that you can put the responsibility of those payment credentials and leave that on the consumer. So if you send me a text, if you say Chris, that carpet's three thousand dollars, and I say okay, I'm ready to pay, and you say great, check your phone. There's a text sitting there. I get a text and it says, go ahead and authorize against card ending in one two three four because I've paid before, or if I haven't, click this link and enter your card information. No one outside of myself ever sees my payment credentials, my banking credentials, or anything, right? So the person in the call center is just going to get a checkbox or a green light that goes on and says, hey, this payment has been made, the transaction was successful, go ahead and set up the installation for the new carpet. So removing that, it's a massive issue, and it's something that our system solves just seamlessly out of the box.
0: Okay. Well, what's next for this space? Where where do you see text-to-pay headed in, say, the next five to seven years?
2: you know i think we i think i said it at the beginning which is we believe that we are the operating system for conversational commerce and so i think text to pay is a bit limiting right because it makes us all think just about sms but if you think about the platform that we've built right there's a wallet behind the scenes there's the tokenization and the vaulting of 200 payment processors and gateways that we can tap into there's all of the messaging channels that we connect to seamlessly today whether that's sms traditional text uh, chat email whatsapp Facebook Messenger Google chat it doesn't matter right the ability for consumers to engage and communicate seamlessly over any of these channels to be able to drive transactions right and that could be as simple as me putting a card on file so I can you know get a moving truck for the weekend it could be me doing you know split payments over these channels partial payments donations, pushing money to consumers, right? It's this whole workflow, it's payments and beyond, right? Capturing signature, collecting data, tell me about, you know, like I said, the dog's health, and that all goes into the system. Can you go ahead and send us a copy of your health card along with a copay and a signature that you've been backed? Those types of things, right, these conversations as we call them, right? It might be one of those items. It might be five of those items, right? That all come together in one package that enable a consumer to move from one point to the next point with the the business or with the merchant. And to be able to do that seamlessly and do that instantly. And at the end of the day, to keep the consumer in control of their data. So I, as a consumer, get to decide what data of myself I'm releasing into which merchant. So that'll all sit, reside in my central vault. And I can then decide, yep, I want to let my give my latest blood work to this doctor so they can do that and I can release that information, right? I can do these types of things and control that data. And ultimately, that'll you know expire. Ultimately, we'll have other protocols around that. But I do believe that all the workflow that you've seen over the last 20 years has happened over the internet, whether it's collecting data, whether it's documents, whether it's scheduling, whether it's two-way chats, whether it's finding ways to collect other data or do payments or do something to push money, All those things are coming, and we've built that out today. It's just in the phase of now being adopted so that both merchants and consumers have a much more efficient and streamlined way to do business together. And it it really optimizes the workflow for the businesses. If you can take a $35-an-hour pharmacist technician and have them not spend five minutes at the window collecting a payment and talking to you about your daughter's you know, last week at college, and that pharmacist can then fill five more scripts in that five minutes, right? The ROI for you goes through the roof as 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 a pharmacy, small or large. So all of those things are coming. It's an exciting time. And I think the faster these, the networks are getting faster, devices are getting better, consumers are trusting this more and more, security is getting deeper and more enriched. And merchants are looking at this and seeing this as the new way to engage because they know email doesn't work, paper doesn't work, phone calls don't work. Only way to break through the clutter is to kind of, reach consumers where they are and and on the device that they're on.
0: Okay. Well let's circle back to Authvia and you you just gave some examples of of things and some trends that are that are coming. So let's circle back to Authvia on that part. What are you guys doing to take advantage of of that and and how do you plan to do that? And whatever you're willing to tell obviously don't you know not your strategic secrets but but certainly how you you plan plan to capture some of those uh, trends as we move forward.
2: Well, for us, it's, it's, we're in a fantastic position. We just did a whole new platform release that really enables all the things that I've just kind of articulated to you. So we, we believe that at a platform level, we are where we need to be and it gives us the flexibility to add in the modular components that we need going forward. And right. So much of that comes to us from the partners and the merchants that we work with really telling us like, hey, these are the types of things that we need going forward. You've got you've got boots on the street out there telling you kind of what's important or what's critical to business. And you have to sift through that. You have to find the things that apply to all and not just to a few. But we are really thrilled with the latest release of our platform and what it enables us to do. And there is nobody in this industry right now that's close to us in terms of just feature functionality and depth of the platform. And we know that because we've gone to RFP in the market Uh, with the major payment guys, major messaging guys against the competition, and and we feel very, very confident about where we sit from a platform perspective. So that's probably first and foremost. I think the patents are great. I think they help us as well. But ultimately, at this stage, really, it's all about growth and revenue to keep our focus on. That's where we need to be putting our energy right now. We've uh, spent the time building a ton of product, right, and as the market was maturing. And the market is finally at the point where the largest of large enterprises, the fantastic mid-market use cases are coming in, and, and lots and lots of activity in the SMB space. So we're excited that the market is finally catching up to where we are. And for us right now, it's just the blocking and tackling of growing the business. But I think from a future perspective, we are, we are sitting in a, in a great position.
0: Okay. Well, Chris, we've covered a lot of ground, obviously, about Authvia and, and text to pay in general and kind of where the market's heading. Is there anything else you'd like to cover before we wrap up the show?
2: No, I wanted to thank you for having us as part of this segment with NMI and we are thrilled to be partnered with them and and, uh, we're very excited about the future of text-to-pay and the future of conversational commerce and uh, we've got a lot of exciting things coming here shortly, so we'll
0: stay in touch. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. I know your time is very valuable, so I really appreciate you being here. Thank you, Greg. Have a great day. You too, and to all you listeners out there, I thank you for your time as well and until the next story.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode in our special series, Be Solid, brought to you by NMI, the fully integrated payment solution built to scale. For more information on Anytime, Anywhere payments and this episode, please visit nmi.com forward slash resources forward slash podcasts. And remember, in a world full of squares and stripes, be solid.